Agents Podcast. This episode of the Lab Code Agents Podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre foreclosures, and geo leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all in one lead management platform, free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for RedX today. It has been one of the most challenging years in real estate, and it appears that it's going to continue. So it's of the utmost importance to continue to bring you strategies that are working. And today's guest is a friend of mine through Lab Code Agents. We've known each other for a number of years. She is what I would describe as a farming expert. She is taking the neighborhoods that she lives in and dominates them and has a variety of strategies that she employs. And the reason why I had her as a guest today was because she was talking in one of our Facebook Messenger groups about her Halloween event, which is just over the top every single year. It's an incredible uh, endeavor that you put on. It's it's mind-blowing. I love it. I'm impressed. Uh, you're an inspiration. And as we continue to talk, you do some other really cool things, and you have some really cool ideas that you implement that have uh, translated into a lot of business in your subdivision. And oh, by the way, the subdivision she lives in now, she's only been there for a couple of years. So you're going to want to sit back, get your notepad out, take some notes, because these are these are strategies you're going to be able to implement and apply immediately. And oh, by the way, she's got a really awesome uh, new strategy she's about ready to implement with an Amazon Alexa dot that I'm probably most excited to talk about, but I'm going to make you wait to the end on that one. Erica Steitenroth, you are welcome to the show. First of all, it's great to reconnect with you. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, so the first thing I'll say, you're based out of Houston. Uh, your your brokerage is Pro- Promethean Realty Group, PRG Group. You're with EXP, uh, Greater Houston area, but obviously you focus on on your neighborhoods and whatnot. But let's start here. Who the hell are you? What got you into real estate, and kind of what led you to where you are today? Let's get to know the back the backstory first. Sure. So in brief, I've been in real estate for nine years and in, in March of 2024, it'll be nine years. And, um, and prior to that, I was in, in educational technology sales. And prior to that, I was a, was a teacher. So I know there's a lot of teachers who have made their way over into real estate. So I did a long time ago. Um, and, uh, and I'm in the Northwest, specifically the Northwest side of Houston. Uh, I was in the West side. I lived in Katy for, um, for just about probably 16, 17 years. Um, and then I've been up in Magnolia, which is a suburb on the Northwest side of Houston for about two, two years now, two and a half years. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And, and so actually the first question is just, just because I'm curious, what made you get into real estate? Um, well, with technology sales, you have a commodity product where you've got a lot of competition, which drive down, drives down profit margin, uh, you know, and so my business partner and I were looking at needing to diversify 
uh, and basically become an audiovisual dealer. And I was traveling all over the country, going to different school districts, helping them implement uh, tablets, uh, uh, Android tablets in the classroom, one-on-one -on -one with students. And uh, I was tired of traveling. And uh, my former real estate agent had said, well, you should go into real estate. Like it made it sound like, oh, okay, maybe I'll go into real estate. Uh, I almost quit after uh, almost my third year uh, in. Is It took me about that long before I started um, really ramping up my business and having success. Um, and now I've closed over $200 million in sales. Um, and um, I average anywhere between 40 to 60 transactions a year. Uh, the last two years have been 60 and it's myself. And then um, I have uh, a buyer agent who works with me. That is incredible inspiration because there's a lot of real estate agents that are probably listening to this that are a struggling like hell just based on the, you know the the way the the economy is right now and how that's affecting and impacting real estate but secondly agents that are probably relatively new and hearing what you just said is reality like anybody who says i got into real estate and i crushed it my first year i mean that's that's almost like it, it almost doesn't even help because that's not really reality that's that's an anomaly that's a unicorn right and, and so i'd love to hear that backstory on those first three years what did that look like if you could turn the clock back and do it all over again what would you do different well, and it's kind of interesting where we are now as you ask that question, because I got my license in 2015 and it probably took me off the top of my head about four months before I got my uh, first client. And I was consistently doing open houses. Um, and uh, one of the biggest things with that was follow through. So my first client, he would not answer the phone when I would try to do the follow up calls that I was trained to do. And so I decided to call him from a different phone number. And, uh, and he answered. And I got that question that all new agents dread. Well, how long have you been in real estate? So I had to skirt around that answer, talking about my past experience with customer service and sales and marketing and, and how I have a, a strong supportive team around me. And his response was, well, I guess I don't have any qualms in using a, a, a new agent. <laughs> He ended up listing his house, his wife's house, because they had previously both been divorced and married. I got both of their houses and their purchase. So I got three transactions out of that one follow-up. And that was my first transaction in real estate. Is, is there anything that you would advise to a young real estate agent? And this would apply to a team lead broker who's advising young real estate agents. Like, that is a tough question. And that is something that we've all talked about. And how do you overcome it? And how do you talk your way through it? Is there anything that that you would say, man, absolutely do I did this and it worked really well, or I did this and I wish I hadn't said it? Like, what's your advice if somebody comes to you and says, how should I prepare for this? Yeah. Well, uh, start developing your network, right? Know who your vendors are going to be uh, and have a mentor so that when somebody asks you that dreaded question and you don't have a lot of real estate experience, you can say that you have a team of people around you uh, because it's true, right? When you have a partner lender, when you have a preferred title company, when you have your inspectors who you start developing relationships with, that is your team, even though they are not on your, you know, they're not Promethean Realty Group, but they're an extension of me, right? Um, and um, and then having a successful mentor, you know, I, 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 have, I have partners who have been in real estate 
for nine years, for example, if somebody was working with me as their mentor. And, um, and so I am able to help guide you through this transaction um, and also utilize the expertise of the people around me. So, and then you can sprinkle in what experience you did have coming in um, in there as well. If it was sales, I mean, that's what we do. We sell homes, right? Sales also has customer service and marketing. And um, if you were a teacher coming out of the classroom, um, there's a lot of marketable skills that you bring to uh, to the table um, just from being able to manage a classroom. You're a manager. You've managed a whole bunch of people <laughs> who don't want to listen to you. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> um and so you need to figure out what your script is going to be uh, when, the, you, you know, don't be caught on the fly. And I was caught on the fly when I had that. And somehow I worked my way around that. Um, Probably then, that experience in sales that you had, I imagine. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then again, just consistency and follow up. Consistency and follow up is huge. Um, that same year I met, um, I, I hosted an, a million dollar, uh, listing open for, uh, some other agent that had the listing. And, um, prior to that, I took little, I went to nothing bunt cakes and bought those little bunk cakes and took them around to about 30 of the neighbor's homes, letting them know I was going to be hosting an open house. There was going to be some traffic coming in and out. Thank you for their patience. And if they know anyone who's looking to buy, please tell them to stop by the open house. Um, I met a couple there who um, I had bunk cakes out for those people and uh, for the visitors of the open house. And I kept in touch with them, took them three years. And then finally they came around when they told me they had renovated their house and were not going to buy anymore. The right house came along. I sent it to them anyways. They ended up selling their $700,000 house with me and buying a $1.3 million house. So that was three years of follow-up to get to that point. And that's super important. And the biggest thing that agents need to realize is the work that you're doing now is going to pay off in the future. And we hear that all the time. And it's hard to believe that, but it does happen. Um, you know, the hard thing is, is staying consistent, keeping in touch with people, and then just not giving up. Um, and kind of going back a little bit with you asking these questions at the end of 2015, you go into 2016, you're going into an election year, right? So we had challenges back then of our, uh, just because of, you know, going into an election year, you always see some nervousness from people. Um, at the end of 2016, um, I didn't have much of a pipeline and I had three people under contract, um, set to close by the end of the year. And all three of those transactions fell out um, and one was due to the election. They did not like the outcome. They were worried that the world was going to end. Oh, um, they pulled all of their money out of the stock market and they canceled their contract on their new construction home, losing a $10,000 deposit that I could not get back for them because there was no reason for them to cancel it. And then they took their house off of the market. I had nothing. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had to shift. I had to take my um, daughter. We had her in a private daycare. So we had to shift to a cheaper daycare, which sounds, oh my gosh, you had to go to a less expensive daycare, but it was a big deal for us at the time. Um, and uh, we had to make other adjustments. I had to um, 
you know, let my house cleaner go for a period of time, which again is like, oh, well, at least you had a house cleaner. But I mean, when you get used to a certain way of living and now you're having to make adjustments, no matter what that looks like for you, um, it hurts and it's hard. And we had to make other financial adjustments as well. I had gone through the money that I had saved up to make the transition over to real estate. And I was looking at it and I was saying, you know what, I've either got to go do something else or, or, or I've got to go even more all in than I was at the time. And, um, and I looked back and I was like, I've been in educational technology sales for a decade prior to getting into real estate. I have been on my own. I have been commission based and I do not want to go back to a desk job. I do not want to go back to someone telling me that I have to be somewhere from 8am to 5pm and I can leave for a 30 minute lunch. Right. Um, and so I just super dug in. And for me, it all started out with just doing more and more and more open houses. I was not home most weekends. I sacrificed uh, time with my family, um, you know, which, you know, it, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do up front in order for it to pay off at the end, because now I don't sacrifice as much time away from my family because I've been able to grow and have a buyer agent. And she is um, awesome and great with our clients. And she's the one out showing homes on the weekend. And I can be home going to my daughter's basketball games and things like that. You yeah. know, yeah. So we are at a challenging time. Um, you know, we've got the interest rates. Uh, you know, I'm glad that I had experience prior to 2021 and 2022, because things were just so uh, crazy then with sales and it was taking off that um, that was uh, that was not a normal market to be interest, introduced to real estate in. And so it makes this market even more difficult. And even as a seasoned realtor, I'm having issues. Last year at this time, I had closed um, I had closed 30 buyers. And this time, uh, as of by the end of this year, I will have closed 19 buyers. Now, that's just one side of my business. It doesn't include commercial and sellers. But um, you know, so I'm down, I'll be down 11 transactions on the buy side this year. And, um, you know, um, even though I do very well from a sales perspective, uh, when you have, uh, uh, changed your business models and your plans to accommodate for different marketing strategies and you have employees and you have other things. Now I have to look at where I'm scaling back and be smarter with my money that's important for agents, especially as we talk about farming. Where is it going to make sense? Because, you know, you have to spend some money to do what we're about to get into. Mm -hmm. And um, but there's 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 different ways that you can do it. And you can also can leverage your partnerships with your vendors, um, your lenders and your uh, title companies and, and all of that thing. So, again, that goes back to where we started this conversation for new agents. Start developing those relationships with people. A lot to unpack. Uh, and I want to move, I, 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 I do want to move forward into yeah. the farming, but the one thing I do want to point out that I thought was, it, it was, I mean, all of that was very impactful and awesome feedback because so many agents need to hear it, but just thinking about the simplicity, but effectiveness of what you did when you were working those open houses. And if agents aren't doing, if you're new to the business, that really is like, 101. It's the go-to. It's something simple. A seasoned agent doesn't want to hold open houses. They'll let you hold their houses open, right? And and just going out, investing in something inexpensive. Uh, bunt cakes probably were, were actually on the higher end expense-wise. That was you, inexpensive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you could do something, you could do something very simple, but just the, simp the, 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 
the the action of going around to the neighborhood and using not just saying, hey, I'm just telling you there's going to be a lot of traffic, you know, whatever it is. It's just an excuse to right knock on their door and say hi. But giving them something on top of it is like a little bit over the top. I had I had another agent I interviewed that. Uh, would do this with the neighbors because they would put a ton of signs in the neighbor directional signs, which probably was over the top, but it was an excuse to go up to that neighbor say, I'm going to, you okay, if I put this in the yard, I'm also going to give you a gift card for, for the inconvenience. And it was really smart idea. And you, you just drove it home. It's like, get, make it any excuse you can to go knock on their door, give them something. Cause I bet everybody says, no big deal. Like, no, it's fine. Go ahead, do it. Right. But now you have that opportunity to create a potential relationship with them, put them into your CRM, follow up with them. And then you, you said it like we suck at follow-up and because you didn't suck at follow-up, it turned into a gold mine of transactions essentially. And which is, which is huge. Anybody listening to this right now would be, would probably kill to get almost $2 million in transactions on two deals, which is what you did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you. That was, that was more than I asked for and I appreciate it. So let's get into the farming because, you know, when you and I uh, started to to connect, it was partially because of the the lab coat, you know, and we're, we're, we're in all these groups together because you were a moderator and and I remember when you moved into the subdivision, you know, first of all, it was just exciting. You know, you would you it was moving to a new home with a bunch of property on a lake and chickens and all this cool stuff. But that has nothing to do with what you did other than how you said, first of all, I, I focused on my subdivision previously. And now I'm going to focus on this subdivision. I've never gotten a listing out of here. So I want to be known as the agent. There's not a lot of agents in here or any. And that became your primary focus. And it's something that we all have as agents, right? Yeah. We own homes, we live in subdivisions, dominate them. So start from the beginning. Where, where was your mindset on this and where did you start? And then let's get into the Halloween and the other stuff that you've done. Sure. Well, and, and this is important. I, you know, I think that any agent who is in an area and we see these posts all the time in lab code agents, um, I'm moving somewhere else. And you're, you're, you have this fear of letting go of the business, potentially letting go of the business where you were because you're moving to a brand new place. They may or may not know your name. Right. And for me, it was a huge decision um, when my husband had said that he would move to be on a body of water around. Well, there's only there's only a couple places around the Houston area where you can go to do that. And so one of the places um, uh, that we were looking at was so far away from where most of my business has been that I didn't want to go that far because I felt like it would take me too far out of there. But when we did find um, the location that we're on now, which is 30 minutes North from where we used to live. Um, I still, you know, um, it's interesting because my business has kind of followed me up here and I've had more listings oddly up in this area now, um, where I hadn't really had a lot on the North and Northwestern side of Houston. I had some, but not as many as I have in the last year or so. Um, but I had that fear of coming up here. And honestly, it didn't impact my business at all. I had the, the, the there was no, there, it was just a fear, right? And the reality was, is me making that 30 minute move has not hurt my business at all. Um, so that's first and foremost, get out of your head yeah. because a lot of it's in your head, right? Mm -hmm. 
And then when I moved into my new subdivision, I was thinking, okay, well, um, what can I do to start getting business here? And so I just decided, well, I did this in my old neighborhood. So let me just start doing here what I did there and let's see how it goes. And that's what I did. And so, um, as a matter of fact, with the way that I started this started when we were looking for my home. So when we were looking for a home, my husband wanted to be on the lake in the neighborhood. And so I went back through the MLS and saw historically of the 77 homes on the lake in this neighborhood of 700 and some homes, um, there were about three a year that would come on the market. And the third one was on the market. It was a log cabin. We didn't want it. I was like, that's it. There's not going to be any more. Um, and so I sent out a postcard mailer to only the houses on the lake. I got a phone call and that's the house we bought. So a year later, so once I moved in, I sent out another postcard mailer and it said, do you remember me? I wanted to be your neighbor and now I am. And it introduced myself as the neighborhood realtor. So that was the first postcard mailer that I had. Once I got into the neighborhood, I had a housewarming party. One of my lender partners came out to my house. They decided they wanted to live in the neighborhood and they wanted to live on the lake. And so guess what I did? Wow. I sent out another postcard mailer. I got a phone call. She lives at the end of my street now. <laughs> awesome. What a what a brilliant way to what a brilliant way to get your business too. Hey, I want to move into your subdivision. So A, I can be right down the street, but B, you can be my realtor. That's that's smart. <laughs> that's smart. Um, and so I also started, um, a Facebook page for our neighborhood, a page, not a group called Indigo Lake Estates Real Estate, where I post monthly market updates on, then I go and I share them from there into our private neighborhood Facebook groups. Um, and so I'm posting monthly market reports and then let me, let me ask you something about that. Cause you know, that's my jam, right? And, and so you were you were clear to state that it was a page. And I think the reason why, because I wasn't sure at first, I would have quickly said, why didn't you do a group? But a group already existed. So you created the page as a source to now share into the group, correct? So that's why you did it that way? Yeah. And also because the page is public facing as well. So it can just kind of be sitting out there, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, running ads for the page or anything like that. It's picked up some likes and stuff, but I just, I post the monthly market updates on that page. And then I share it from that page into, we actually have two groups. So one is a private neighborhood group and the other one is for residents and non-residents. And it just so happened that in the one for residents and non-residents, I noticed that the, uh, the admin for that group really wasn't doing much. So I reached out to him and he didn't want to run it anymore. So he just gave me the, the group. So nice. now I have one of the neighborhood Facebook groups. Nice. Yeah, because most of the time when that started, they don't have a motive and we do have a motive in real estate. So take it and run with it. Now, I want to stay on this for just a second because you mentioned what you're doing, which I always tell people like the real estate content is spam. It's necessary, right? But like really gaining attention is bringing value and value to a consumer is not a market update. That's really more self-serving. Yes, it is in theory, but it's not really, it's not why they go to social, right? So do you do anything like uh, community event type news content? Do you share stuff that's relevant to their life, not relevant to real estate? 
Uh, I have not been doing that uh, specifically, not yet. I mean, listen, the tail wags the dog in this industry, right? I mean, there's so many things. There's so many ideas that I sure. have that I could do. And um, so, no, as uh, as far as that, just once a month, I pop in there and um, and I post the market updates. Um, and I say that I am the Indigo Lake Estates listing specialist. So I decided that uh, recently in conjunction with posting there, I also posted on Nextdoor um, and uh, just for our neighborhood. Um, I, I was like, well, not everyone in the neighborhood is on social media, but their mailboxes, everyone will get it in the mail. So now I'm starting to send out the market reports on a postcard. And this was the one that I just sent out. Um, I got a phone call uh, two days ago uh, from a neighbor and I went over for the listing appointment yesterday. And when I asked him if I had anybody to thank for his referral, he said, well, you're the li you're the neighborhood listing specialist. He sees my reports. Mm -hmm. that I mm -hmm. It worked. It works. Yeah, that would be the only thing I would I would say is that you already have the resource. And this I didn't intend for us to have this conversation. But, you know, now take it one step further. And you know what I would do is I would just challenge your partners to participate. You have a lender in the subdivision. I'm sure you guys do business together. Be like, hey, listen, I, I want you to contribute. And here's what I'm asking for you. Go out and find two, three, four events a month that are specific to our area. And that would be that would be interesting to the audience, because the one thing I will say is because I live in a relatively smaller subdivision. But the one thing I always notice is activity because the, the Facebook shows me that. And I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, believe it or not. But I always notice if somebody posts in my subdivision. And and so I think I think it's more powerful than people give it credit. And uh, and for, for your sake, you're already doing things at such a high level. Just multiply it, like announce the Halloween event and what's coming and announce, you know, uh, what's thing, things related to the season, what's going on. Um, and that way you don't leave. You're just going to elevate your top of mind without telling, remind, having to remind them because they're going to see your report. So now you become that source of all of the things around my community. And it just totally elevates your brand. Well, and there's other things too. When, when people comment asking for painters, asking for electricians, asking, I always respond. That's you good. Know? You're, so you're active. That's, that's key. People will just say, well, Erica knows, then they'll just call you or they'll just reach Gold. out to you directly. And, 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 and so you just become a resource for them, you know, Gold. Um, and then one day when they decide to sell or somebody they know decides to sell, they're going to think about your name. And that's that's the whole point. And then yeah. outside of those, it's how else are you getting your name out there? And that's what I do through some of the community events that I awesome. that I do here. Do I, and, and I do partner with um, with people on the community events also. Good. Good. I love it. And you know, one other thing and I'm going to get, I want to get onto the Halloween is one other thing you just reminded me, a, a lot of people that run geographically centered groups, you know, around an area, neighborhood, et cetera, they'll do either weekly or monthly posts that say, Hey, tell us what you do, uh, you know, promote your business. And you know, a lot of people in the neighborhood, they may not have a business to promote, but there might be a plumber, a landscaper, a baker, something in the subdivision, and nobody even knows it and say, here's a post, tell us what you do. And it makes them feel good. It also is a resource now for people because you, you may not have realized that the person sitting you know, at the front of the subdivision is has some service or product that, damn, I needed that. I didn't know you were here. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's just an idea. But yeah. let's let's get to the goods. 
Let's get yeah. to this. Let's get to this Halloween event because this is where it all kind of originates from, and 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 it, other things have come from it. Tell us about this event that you put on that I have. Really- right. Well, I so in our neighborhood for Halloween, everybody here has acreage, um, at least one and a half. Um, most of the lots, two acres on up, and so um, in long driveways, a lot of driveways are gated. Like you can't go door to door in this neighborhood with kids, you know, trick or treating. It doesn't. It, it doesn't lend itself to that the way it's set up. And so our HOA actually puts on the Halloween event and it is a hayride through the neighborhood. Um, and so uh, people, they, they have a Google form and you sign up if your house is going to be a candy stop or not. And then you can sign up on if you're going to be part of the vehicle decorating contest or the costume contest or the house decorating contest. So um so you can show up in any vehicle, your golf carts, your bicycles, which you're not going to do a bicycle, but your car or some are pulling, you know, um, the trailers and they're all decorated. It's amazing. People were out in a fire truck this year and somebody was on like one of those old like covered wagons from the wild, wild west oh, wow. going through. Like it's crazy. People go all out. It's pretty cool. So I signed my house up as a candy stop. And I don't ask for candy. So they'll take candy donations. And then if you're a candy stop, they can come by and give you candy so that you have candy for the kids or whatever. I don't take the candy. Um, I get my own candy. And so just as a way to stand out, I like to provide something pretty cool for the kids where they're going to be like, oh, man, look what she's got. And then something for the adults also. So for the kids, I do the full-size candy bars and no, you know, of course they all run to the table. Oh my gosh, they got a full-size, mom, look, they've got full-size candy <laughs> bars, right? Like it's super cool. Or the parents will come up and be like, oh man, you've got a full-size candy bar. Like this is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do small bottles of alcohol for the parents and then I do a koozie. So, um, and then I also do um, bottles of water uh, because in Texas <laughs> for Halloween, it's not cold like it was in Colorado where I grew up. Um, so it's it's usually pretty warm here. So I, I, I do the bottles of water as well. And um, they love it. The adults like, oh, this is the cool stop. And, you know, they just it's it's a lot of fun. So um, I also sign up to be in the decorating uh, contest. I have not won. I'm in battle with my friend Brenda down the street. She was one last year and she won this year. Um, uh, but I decorate my house really cool. And um, and so because they come through on like a a train of cars or whatever vehicles, right? You have to set up at the end of your driveway. And so this year, um, I'm going to be in the Chamber of Commerce's Christmas parade, having a float for my business. Um, and uh, I wanted on my trailer to have a house that I decorate with Christmas lights and snow and all of the things, right? So I found someone who was willing to give me, they were giving away this playhouse, this old wooden kids playhouse and the size was perfect and everything. And I was looking at, I'm like, I can use this at the end of my driveway to set up for Halloween this year. So I took the, the fake spider webs and put it all over there and put purple Halloween lights on it and uh, made it look scary. And then I bought a five foot plastic post for your yard sign 
and I hung my, my for sale sign for it. Like I've got my house for sale and I put it next to that house. So I did it as a little, you know, haunted setup. And then years ago I had different riders that were made, um, for Christmas and for Halloween and stuff, just, you know, funny riders. So my rider on there said the neighbors aren't witches, meaning like the neighbors aren't bitches. You know what I mean? <laughs> well played, well played. And, um, you know, just fun stuff. So then I had my table down there. I play really loud, scary music um, and uh, and just make it a lot of fun. So, you know, when I posted about that particular thing in Lab Code Agents, well, first of all, um, you always see the debates on, you know, do you give out your business card um, on Halloween with candy and stuff like that? And everybody's got their own opinions and that's fine. But listen, here's my opinion on it. Halloween is the only time of year where every single person comes to my door. Yeah. I'm not going and knocking on theirs. They're coming to my door. And so instead of doing the business card, I do the koozie because on the back of the koozie has my business, my, my name and, and everything and my website and my phone number on there. And I don't have the expectation that somebody's going to call me to list their house because they got a Halloween koozie or a full-size candy bar or a little bottle of alcohol. Um, For me, this is, they're remembering my name, right? It's just another avenue. So it like you have to, in my opinion, take multiple approaches to hitting them different times. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's a fun way for my name to be in front of them and for them to remember me and, and see the fun side of me. And they know that I have kids and, you know, I support the community and I do fun things for the community and I make it fun. Yeah. Uh, you had some pretty clever sayings on the koozies too. Do you, do you, do you remember what those were? Yeah. On my koozies, it says whether, uh, uh, creepy or kooky or, or altogether ooky, I'll sell it anyway. Mysterious and spooky or altogether ooky, I'll sell it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I have a haunted house on there and I made a little sign and it says for sale by Erica. And then I have like three little monsters. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, what you could also do is you could to get creative on not doing the business cards is you could also get uh, water bottle wraps and wrap the water bottles. Um, right. just, just, there's so many ways you can go with it, but you, you brought up the greatest point. The point is everybody's coming to you and, and it's the little things like invest a little extra money in full-size candy bars, because that's the wow factor. Uh, I was just thinking about that. Cause I go to one of my, my partner's houses and they are a, a thoroughfare of people going by. And this year they did, um, s'mores but it was kind of a mess and i was just thinking to myself like as an apparent you give me a beer or you give me a, a bottle of liquor i remember and that i remember you know what i mean and there's so many different ways you can market yourself as a result of that yeah sure they're going to toss it they're going to drink it and toss it but they're going to remember and yeah. and like you said and then you you, you you tack on the wow factor of the full-size candy bar that's yeah. gold. That's so brilliant. Well, and then I carry it over too. So for example, so when we, when we do the Christmas parade here in town, which is a big deal, um, it's going to be in like about three or four or three or three weeks or so. Um, I'm doing, uh, we're, we, we have a bag we're giving away and there's going to be stuff in the bag, but I'm putting a koozie in there too. And it's a Christmas koozie. And it says, if you want a realtor that slays S L E I G H S and then it's got, 
it's got Santa in a sleigh with his reindeer on the front. And then on the back, it has my, my contact information. Right. Um, and, uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm doing for that event that's outside the neighborhood. But, um, you know, again, it's putting your name out in front of people. Um, another community event that I do is, um, I, no one was doing the HOA does, um, several events here in this neighborhood Easter. So I really can't, you know, I don't, I don't want to, um, like impede on what they are have going. Mm -hmm. Um, but nothing, no one was doing a last day of school party and we have, um, a lake with a beach and beach volleyball. And, um, and so I decided that I'm going to do last day of school parties at the park. And so I, um, I bought big speakers and, um, and, uh, and I hook up music and play it super loud and I have an ice cream truck come and, one year I had cups made, um, you know, that said best summer ever 2022. And, um, and so they got cups cause we had a, um, um, uh, Kona ice, you know, the ice mm -hmm. trucks mm -hmm. come. Um, so they used my cups to, and then the kids get the cups to take away last year. Yeah. Um, I did bags, beach bags that were branded to my business. And then my lender partner put their water bottles and stuff inside the one that lives here in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, we don't have to do much for that because they've got the lake and they've got the volleyball. There's stuff there for them to do. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I'm not having to entertain them in that event really. Yeah. You're just giving them an extra excuse to go like the food truck kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then it gives me the marketing opportunity to be able to post uh -huh. the different social media sites that we're doing this event and it's sponsored by your yeah. neighborhood filter and that too. You, you know what I'm hearing that, that I want to drive home to everyone listening to this is, is that Erica has figured out how to creatively gain more attention attention and this this is it's it's going to be one of my taboo things and and kind of uh taglines going into this next year and it, it it's because of all of the way that the world is evolving but attention is your number one asset how you do it is up to you this is why i love interviewing people like erica because you're doing it differently and you're doing it in creative ways but it's all about attention and if you are if you really want to survive as a real estate agent the agent that dominates and owns the attention is the agent that's going to drive more business and create more opportunities, period. And, and, you know, that's, you know, why I'm an advocate of social and video and all the things, but this is a great example of that. It's not just about that. It's about owning your neighborhood and creatively drawing more attention to your business without being like, you said it, like, I don't want to, I don't want to impede on their events and which would make you come across as probably slimy, spammy, right? And you're doing it in a fun way where you're bringing value to the neighborhood. It's so damn brilliant. Now, you also mentioned something about the wrapping paper too. Did you mention that one? Um, yeah, in my old neighborhood, um, it was more conducive. I could go door to door. I can't go door to door here. Um, but in my old neighborhood, uh, one year for Christmas, I went to the dollar, uh, the dollar store and bought 500 rolls of wrapping paper and um, did a pop by tag that was wrapped, uh, put on each roll. And we left a roll of wrapping paper at every doorstep in the neighborhood. Um, 
And, you know, so I've done other things like that. Um, now I still farm my old neighborhood in regards to mailers. Um, I do consistently still do mailers out there. Um, but I have lost a little bit of traction because I used to do a lot of community events. I would drive Santa Claus through the neighborhood. I would have houses sign up to be on Santa's stop list. I would dress up as Mrs. Claus. I had somebody who would volunteer to dress up as Santa Claus. We would drive through the neighborhood um, blasting music. They would sign up their house to be a Santa stop and we would go and I'd have Santa Claus give out stuffed animals to each kid that I got from the dollar store um, and, um, and candy canes. And like my daughters still have their stuffed animals that I've had Santa Claus give to them from doing that. And I know other kids do too. So that was another event. I'd love to do that event here. I haven't, um, I haven't been home for the last couple of Christmases to do anything like that. Um, but, uh, just to kind of give you an idea. So when I moved here, I moved here in June of 2021, I really didn't start my first mailer probably until about September or October of 2021. And in 2022, I went from having no sales here in the neighborhood to in 2022, there were 20 homes sold in this neighborhood and 25% of those listings were mine. And I beat out the resident agent in the neighborhood that year, as far as um, buys and sales were concerned. The average price point in my neighborhood is $786,000. And the average of my sales for my listings was $766,000. So my total commission going from no sales in the neighborhood to the sales that I had in 2022 was $90,700. $90, I spent $4,034 in marketing in 2022 for a return on investment of 2,148%. Think about that. Think about that, teachers. (laughs) It's not so bad, is it? That's nuts. Okay, that was 22. What about 23? What's that looking like? Um, So for 2023 right now, um, I have had... I didn't have these numbers written out. So of course you're asking. That's me okay. That. That's okay. Just an estimate's good because the year's total, not over with. My total listing volume in this neighborhood this year has been about 1.5 million. I would guess off the top of my head. Um, and um, I'm about to list another house that'll be at a $650,000 price range. And again, he called me because, um, I mean, he specifically said, he said, well, you say you're the you're the Indigo Lake Estates listing specialist. That's that's that is what I say. That works, huh? That's crazy. <laughs> awesome. That's that's so incredible. Uh, and, and I mean, all of this is is such great inspiration, such great ideas. So many people can take from this. And you have another one. Uh, and I know we're we're running short on time, but I want you to talk about this because you knew this was gonna this was gonna hit my hot buttons. Uh, and you were talking about what you're doing with your Amazon Alexa dot, which, you know, again, you and I talked about this off air and I was like, this was like picking up speed pre COVID. And then it just fell off the face of the earth. And now here you are bringing it back. Explain what you're doing here, because this is next level and agents pay attention to this and emulate this. This is gold. So it's really not that difficult. Um, you create uh, an Amazon developer account. It's free. 
And you can go into um, into Amazon Blueprint. I believe it's called. I was going to see if I have my document pulled up. But I don't. I think it's called Amazon Blueprint. And you can create your own Alexa skills. Um, and so uh, you can program your Alexa dots through your Alexa app and uh, designate them per, by a room. You know, so I can say this is for the kitchen. And then I go into the listing and I set it up on their Wi-Fi, but the dot is attached to my Amazon account, right? So that's how the skill is attached to that. And it, no matter if I have it in your house or another house or whatever, right? Um, and so um, I program it and I put prompts, uh, I print out prompts and then put them in picture frames. And then I put them strategically throughout the house where I have a prompt that I want them to know more about something about the house in particular. So when they enter on the console table in the entryway, it'll be a prompt that says, you know, ask Alexa the following. Alexa, tell me about this home. And then Alexa comes on and says, um, 28003 Nickel Sawmill Road is da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it will say whatever you tab typed in there, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's pretty amazing. And, and it's great for um, being able to point out hidden features of a home. Uh, and, you know, sometimes owners may want you to be present for showings specifically because they want the buyers uh, to know more detailed information about the house that they might not read in the MLS or whatever. And, you know, let's face it, it's just not always practical that you can show up for every single showing appointment and accompany somebody else, you know, because you're dealing with, at that point, four different schedules, mm -hmm. right? Yours, the buyer agent, the buyer and your seller. Um, and so it doesn't always align. So I told my client, I was like, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to commit to you that I'm going to be able to show up here to every showing. Um, I said, but I can program Alexa dots and put them throughout your house and write prompts so that they can ask Alexa and Alexa will tell them that this wall can be opened up in, in an additional 1300 square feet on the other side built out and, you know, uh, and so forth or whatever it is that they want them to have. So it's really not a difficult process um, to write the prompts. Um, I'm, but you, you have to know your way around technology a little bit, but you know, I mean, I just, I just typed it into Google, um, and I had never heard of this. And I mean, I, I knew about what you're talking about, but the Amazon skill blueprints and it just, I mean, it actually, it actually seems easier, uh, than, than I think you're giving it credit. And I think somebody could literally go Google this stuff, learn about it, do it. So when, when you say, you know, they walk into the house, you have to provide the dot. So you, if you want to provide multiple dots, like you had mentioned one of them about, you know, talking about how you could do an extension on a house, you had a dot. So you have dots strategically placed throughout the house, potentially, correct? The kitchen, the entryway, the back, I've had them out at the backyard outdoor kitchen. Yeah. Um, you how know. fun. I mean, how, what a unique experience for people to be walking through, in my opinion, like that is a, that is a differentiator. That's awesome. Yeah. And you and you haven't implemented yet. Well, I did. I was using it a lot back in 2019. Um, and then just, you know, the pandemic shut things down and then things went crazy and you couldn't keep something on the market long enough to even make it make sense to do it. Didn't you know? matter. Yeah. 
It didn't matter. Um, and, uh, and so now I'm, I'm, I'm going back to that. So I'm in the process of programming one now for a listing that'll go active within the next week or so. How much uh, are those dots? Oh, good Lord. Uh, I don't even know what they cost now, but I want to say when I bought mine, they were probably like what, $29.99 each or something like that. What are Alexa dots going for now? You're on the computer. I am looking, it looks like, well, an Echo, Amazon Echo Dot. Is that what yeah. they are? Is Echoes? Is that right? Yeah. 50 bucks, 45 bucks. Maybe it was 50. Yeah. And I've got, I think I've got eight or 10 of them that I had specifically for that the last time I was using and they're them. And they're all programmable. I mean, this, this is something you could use in perpetuity, essentially. Unless you want new yeah. technology. And honestly, once you create a skill for another listing, all you know, you're gonna have to go in and tweak it, but most of it can be the same. And to tell you the truth, nowadays with with chat GPT and artificial intelligence, you can just type in minimal stuff and then have AI write it for you. you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a good point. <laughs> wow. This this is cool. I mean, you know, and I'm not I'm I'm a huge fan of AI, obviously, but I'm a huge fan of authenticity as well. And so um, uh, I, I I love that you said that. At the same token, I wouldn't I would tweak it, you know, make well, it personal. It has to be tweaked, um, yeah, you yeah, know, obviously yeah. because it's specific to house. But um, but you know, it's cool. Things, there are some things about all homes that are that are similar. You know, if yeah. you're talking about flooring, you may just have to change out a couple words. Sure, you know, sure. Right? Yep. I love it. Uh, this has been fantastic. We have gone longer than I thought. And so I, but I want to make sure if somebody wants to connect with you uh, and get in touch with you, what is the best way to connect with you? Right. Um, my cell is 979-574-4909 text or, um, or call me is fine. Um, also on Facebook, they can look me up, Erica Steetenroth and um and connect with me on on social media i am on social media a lot so <laughs> um nothing yeah. makes me prouder nothing makes me prouder than to hear that from a real estate agent i love it <laughs> i'm not a secret agent <laughs> I, I, like, God, well you know what that's the best piece of advice right there like why are we being secret agents don't be a secret agent and you said it like the thing that i heard you say multiple times was is you blare your music like you're like you know what you're going to know that I'm coming through. Mm -hmm. And, and I love that. Stop, stop keeping yourself a secret. Do all of these things. Go back and listen to this again. Erica, give me your cell phone one more time. Just, just be safe. Sure. 979-574-4909. Awesome. Erica, you are uh, doing wonderful things. Uh, you're crushing it in a time when people uh, are not. And I'm sure you're looking at your numbers and saying, well, I'm not crushing it, but it's all relative. And when we come out of this and we head into that, that, that boom that we know is coming, you're going to be positioned to just absolutely crush and uh, more agents need to follow your, follow your lead. So thank you for being awesome. Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you for sharing with the audience. And of course, you know, I'll see you on the back end. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre foreclosures, and geo leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all in one lead management platform, free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. 
Red X is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for Red X today. Agents Podcast.